today on Octal FM, Jalada and I discuss the growing movement of right to repair, the idea that you can fix, repair and modify the things you own. We go into what it means to repair something in today's world of consumer products, the barriers in place to allow that to happen, and why it's something we should all want. Hello and welcome to an episode of Ops Life M. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And we are discussing uh, a little bit of a topical point today. Hmm. Uh, it's sort of been floating around for a while, but I feel like it's really picking up pace as of late. Hmm. Um, and that is the idea of right to repair, or the right to repair movement, or generally the idea of being able to repair and make use of a damaged or otherwise non-functioning device typically mm. device doesn't have to be i suppose but mostly tech devices yeah where it's becoming increasingly harder to get them to be repaired and mm. to be reused and even if you do get it repaired it often has to be done by like a very specific like manufacturer in a very specific mm. way that it can often be a little bit anti-competitive etc and we're basically going to be talking today about that and about how it affects people and how it affects the environment and mm. what is being done about it and 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 at the end we've got some lovely as always lovely octal fm hot takes yeah hope they come true yeah like as you say like this is definitely something that is picking up steam at the moment like this this idea of you buy something you own a product and you should be able to do what you want with it yeah that's sort of like a general like everyone understands that as a thing like you own the thing you can do what you want with the thing and one of those things that you might want to do is repair something yeah you know there are situations where you owning something doesn't mean that you are allowed to do what you want, right? Like, yeah. like, and there's sort of two. There's kind of two categories of those, right? Like, this is sort of setting the scene, I guess, for the for this idea about right to repair. Is like because you do, for what it's worth, legally you have a right to repair anything you own. Um, yeah, but like. Like there are certain things that society, like for the greater good, you are not allowed to do with something. Like just because yes, you own a car doesn't mean you can speed with it. Just because you own a gun doesn't mean that you can fire it in a built-up area. Like yeah, absolutely. Like there are restrictions and sort of societal obligations and agreements in place that yeah. you won't do certain things with a product that you own. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, the the gun is a good example. Like yes, you can <laughs> own a gun, but that doesn't mean you can go firing it off just because you want to. Yeah, exactly. And but then. So those are like societal things where it's like we've all agreed, like we have come, we've agreed to these to abide by these rules with our like possessions, so to speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then you also have restrictions that are imposed by the company that made what you own. Mm. Right. And and this is where it starts to get interesting. And this is where right to repair comes in. And there's lots of different reasons why a company might stop you in some way from doing something with the thing that you own mm. some of the reasons are good and some of the reasons are maybe not so good depending depending on sort of who you are i guess some of it comes back to what we discussed right is it's an element of safety okay mm. because some of these products that you will own are potentially if either done poorly or badly mm. or even in potentially intentionally incorrectly can be dangerous mm. so for example like yes you could legally and we'll, we'll talk about this later in the episode yes you could legally say service your own vehicle 
But if your vehicle doesn't pass particular tests or is repaired in a satisfactory manner, it could cause mm-hmm. you to kill someone potentially, you know, yeah. like you can go that far on the lines of it, but you could even go a little bit less so than that. Like, for example, if you try to repair your own phone battery and right. you do it badly, well, yeah. that phone could potentially combust and then set yeah. something on fire. It's a great, that's like, I feel like for tech, that's like a great example, like using mm. some, using the, putting the wrong battery in your phone mm. that you repair, you know, that's like not rated correctly or something, yeah. you know. And can't pay the charge something. that's being requested of it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many things there for, for sort of around safety and safety does tend to be like the, the key one that companies will will wave around particularly yeah. cars like this sort of intersection of cars and tech like tesla um for example like notorious for this like notorious for like disabling cars that have you know someone has tried to do a repair on by themselves yeah. and they'll claim safety reasons you know but there are other reasons as well there's sort of still thinking about things that are kind of like quote unquote good for the consumer another one is like customer experience or like consumer mm. experience so for yeah, example trying to keep that wall garden in place somewhat. yeah like like apple is a great example here where they would say you know you have to get your screens repaired by us because if you go to a shop and get a third party screen like the ex- your experience may not be as good you may there may be problems with the the touch sensors maybe the fingerprint sensor doesn't work um, and then you're going to come back to you're going to have a bad experience with what is fundamentally our product, Apple's product. Like it's it's Apple. It's an iPhone you're holding, but mm. you're having a bad experience that they aren't in control of. And it's like that's not kind of not their fault yeah. at a, on, a, on a surface level. But you are going to have a bad experience with with an Apple device because of a bad repair. Right. Yeah. And then the old adage being truth of you'll tell one person about a good experience, but 10 people about a bad right. experience. Right. That's bad for their brand because you've yeah. done a bad job of repairing an item. Yeah. Or like, you know, the repair isn't up to Apple standards and then you go to Apple with help about something else. Mm, and they're like, well, yeah. you like the person you gave this to screwed up the repair. And now we can't do the thing that we want to be able to do for you. Yeah. Um, there's also like privacy and security things around like, you know, you're handing your device that's got, you know, your phone or your laptop has like the most sensitive information about you as an individual you're handing it over to someone apple want you to be you know in principle i would like to think that apple want you to your data to be secure and they would not incorrectly argue that you know maybe a repair shop isn't going to be as careful with your data as even they might not be intentionally bad well that's data. it yeah like, like <laughs> it could not even be intentional it might just be a completely accidental thing but yeah with with say for example you take your phone to an apple store to get repaired there's accountability there right like yeah. you know what apple store you took it to you know who, which employee took it from you etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah whereas if you take your phone to a, just a random repair shop on the high street then well there's not really any accountability there yeah so it's not going to be the same level of checks and balances exactly on that, right? yeah and you can never expect that necessarily but it depends on whether or not you want to believe that these are the reasons specifically that Apple uh, don't right. want you to use these services. I think it's, there is some truth to it. There's some truth to all of these things. Yes. Um, but I think there's definitely a, a higher weight on others when what they'd like you to think. Yeah. And fundamentally, like the, the key thing, right, about like restricting what someone can do with a device is extending the value of the or increasing the the value mm. of the product to, or like selling you that product, sorry, to Apple, right? For example, I know we keep we're ragging on Apple, but this applies to everyone. Um, they're just an easy one to use. Um, and yeah. like extending the total profit 
per customer you know things like oh you can only use certified apple devices with your apple products means that they take a cut getting repairs from apple means that they get a cut of the repair you know like of course all of this stuff means that you know it's no longer just you bought a phone from us it's now you bought a phone and all of your accessories and the software is comes via our app store and yeah. it repairs a virus like this is always that they are, oh you broke your phone we're going to charge you 200 pounds to replace yeah. that to fix that phone even though it's only going to cost us probably like 100 pounds to do yeah. that repair exactly so it's just more profit for on on for us because you've damaged your phone yeah from like the you know versus just the initial purchase of the device and then that's the end of it and this is apple's I know I get ragging on Apple, but this is their playbook, particularly because they have things like Apple Music and iCloud. Like they have, yeah. all this, like they are very walled garden. You know, it's kind of interesting to me that other companies adopt a similar approach in terms of restricting repair and things like that when they don't otherwise necessarily run from the same playbook. Like if I think about like, I don't know, Samsung, you know, probably also make devices with low repairability. They don't yeah. really have that same kind of playbook of like everything is integrated and trying to like eke the most amount of money from you as samsung um but like they still do the same thing uh, which is maybe just because it's easier to follow suit because yeah that way they don't have to try and like make the argument against why they yeah. should or shouldn't do something and it's just easier to not go against it the gives grain. Them an excuse to do it right yeah and, and then the other element of it that is a little bit conspiratorial, but I mean, there's definitely <laughs> evidence to suggest there is truth yeah, to this. Is planned obsolescence, right? Right. It's not just about if you break your phone, but it's the ability to even just like modify or upgrade or replace something mm. within a device. Yeah. That they don't want you to do that. Like the devices have become these black boxes effectively, mm. intentionally, because if you could upgrade your battery or even just replace your battery for mm. for a simple price, then you might get another couple of years out of it. Or mm. if you could simply upgrade a particular, say, pro- like how you with your PC, right? You can replace mm. your processor in your PC to speed things up as it's getting a bit slow. Well, if you could do that in, say, for example, your phone, then your phone might last another couple of years. And they don't really want that because they'd rather sell you a brand new phone for right. more money. Exactly. And it's it just, it's easier, it's simpler. It's, yeah, you get more money out of someone. There's like, you know you are potentially giving customers a better experience because they're getting the newest phone mm, yes, you know yeah. so it's like it elevates their experience of you to the detriment of their wallet um you know but yeah absolutely like definitely like big large companies will have a plan of like this is how long we want this product to last yeah. right and and even down to like software updates right like they'll like stop doing software updates which yeah. kind of forces you to get a new phone like all of this kind of stuff as well um and there is some level of understanding for this because obsolescence is just going to happen with tech especially at the current like rate mm. in which tech is evolving constantly mm. but one of the things that we're going to come to later on in the show is that maybe this has started to become an outdated worldview for these companies mm. and we make the argument slightly later on that actually it's probably beneficial for them to do a 180 on this worldview mm. and go the opposite direction but Definitely. we'll get ahead of ourselves there a little bit yeah i think like the other sort of like aspect to like why have things got harder to repair you know like it's not just like some of it is like companies imposing restrictions to get more dollars out of you or pounds Mm. out of you but that's not the only thing about it i think not to sound too pro corporate and pro like big tech but like technology has got really complicated you know yes sure, absolutely you used to be able to fix everything with a phillips screwdriver and you could and, and your fingers right but like that's 
not how it works anymore. You know, yeah, like, like gone are the days where you could say, for example, open up your kettle and rewire it to put another plug on it and job done, right? right. It's not like that. Or even like going to phones, okay, like, like TVs. Like mm. gone are the days where you can simply just unscrew the back of your TV, replace a particular blowed out element of it or whatever, and jobs are good. These are not, they, they, they are black boxes in a sense, in the sense that like you, they're very mysterious and hard to get into mm. at all. But also when you are in there, they're just this mess of integrated tech. Mm. But that's not just because they want to be black boxes, but because they kind of need to be to be able to meet the understanding of what people want from tech nowadays too. Right. Like as we, for, for, for better or worse, and you could argue that maybe companies shouldn't have gone down this route, but I don't, that seems like a very hollow argument. Like mm. one of the ways that tech has got better, faster, smoother, smaller, more ubiquitous is that physically the way that they are designed, they are designed in a much more integrated way. And the best example for this is to draw a comparison between laptops before Apple made the M1 and Mm. laptops after Apple made the M1. Because the new M1 chips from Apple, there is one chip on that board that has your CPU, your processor, your RAM, your memory, your GPU, your graphics processor, like it's all in one place. There are no, there are no sticks of RAM to upgrade, No, right? They just, they're just not on there. There's, there's nothing there. And, and that chip is so tightly integrated into that board and it'll have, you know, hundreds of little solder joints on it. You can't just like take it out. Everything about that board will be designed for that specific chip that is on your, in your machine you know, maybe you could replace it with another equivalent one if it breaks, but from an upgrade point of view, there's just no path, right? Yeah. And you change like, one path, everything else falls apart. Yeah, it's a very not, tightly woven machine. Right. And Apple haven't done that for fun and for funsies and for kicks and to make it difficult for you to repair. Mm. That gives them that that competitive leg up because they have done that is so hard to build right that is yeah. so much so much work involved and that gives them a competitive advantage the ability to jump forward so much in performance and you know by building these tightly integrated devices it's a better experience it's faster and you know and at the end of the day we as consumers like we always are demanding more like that is the yeah. rea- to some extent the reality of right now the world that we live in is that people want more you know it's like partly it's because we're marketed that we should want more and partly it is because we just demand you know we demand more from products over time we expect things to we expect if we have to buy a new phone because we couldn't repair it that's a flawed argument i guess but like we expect it to be better than the one we bought before because our understanding is like tech gets better yeah and we've also now just become conditioned to expect to buy new things Mm. like we kind of don't even consider the idea that like oh, a phone is repairable. It's like, it's almost similar to like the idea of like disposable fashion, right? Fast mm. fashion. It's like, we're just expected to, oh yeah, we buy new things. As simple mm. as that. It feels like we've had this sort of like this waveform, right? Of if you go back to maybe our like grandparents' generation, you bought something and it was expected to be repaired and kept for a long period of time. And you would have dedicated places to take something to be repaired. Yeah. This is obviously kind of not taking into account the idea that like things have become more complicated. It's not as easy for, you know, Bob down the road to do a repair job for mm. you. But 
then over time we've just become more accustomed to go well it breaks i'll buy a new one it's we've become yeah. a lot more consumerist we've become a lot more just wasteful i guess you could mm. argue yeah and that's not necessarily a good thing but there no. is a level of understanding as why that's happened as well that's partially intentional by companies because they wanted to buy a new product every time but also partially because repairing these things has become harder and harder yeah. but that doesn't make it an excuse to allow us to continue down this path no and where we are like what is happening now like there is definitely some interesting some would say finally uh movements in in this space in the space of the ability to repair products the ability to uh for products to last longer to to have more use out of them to have more creative use out of them and there's like a few kind of points that i want to sort of highlight one thing that for me and this is why i kind of wanted to talk about this because i felt like this was a really really strong signal a really um it, it, it shines such a strong light on the fact that this is something that there is consumer demand and interest in mm. is that you now have companies entire businesses who are focusing on they are selling the fact that their products will last a long time and are yeah. repairable and not just repairable by repair shops but repairable by you the consumer yeah. right and th there are two specific ones that i'm thinking about one is a company called fairphone that make mm -hmm. mobile phones that are modular upgradable um, you know, they have, they do have reasonably modern tech inside them. You're not making horrendous compromises, but it can be, you know, it's got tiny little Phillips screws and you can take it apart and, and, yeah. and do stuff to it. Um, and another one is framework and they make, uh, laptops and those, they make laptops that are s somewhat modular. They have, um, or both these companies have promised, you know, long, long availability of parts for, for, yeah. for you know like a decade or whatever and software updates and so on framework as well have sort of promised to you know open source a lot of their stuff so that people can you know do their own things with them and this is like really really extreme end of the spectrum and that's why i say that i feel like this is a really strong signal that the the the, the industry is shifting because if mm. you can literally build an entire business around this concept of things being repairable then that means that there is huge scope for large corporates like apple like google like samsung to also market themselves that yeah, way to pivot towards that direction right. of manufacturing the devices yeah i'm jumping ahead in the notes a little bit here but i think it's a it's a good follow-on in the, the sense that this is evidenced by also the fact that like design trends are starting to change hopefully mm. like i think for maybe the past like 10 15 years or so repairability has basically been like the least important element of a de yes. device's design right in the yeah. sense that it doesn't matter what it co the cost of it is it needs to be either bigger or smaller yeah in terms of like a smaller phone a bigger screen yeah. higher fidelity better sound quality whatever and everything else doesn't matter and yes. then the moment something new comes out fine throw it away get a new one yeah i find like we and i think this is the case with lots of things but like phones is a good example but like i think video game consoles is a good example of this as well mm, obviously that sort of ties is, into yeah. our our wheelhouse is that we're reaching a bit of a crescendo in terms of like that exponential growth of tech right like for example the ps4 is not necessarily a lot worse than the ps5 or mm. however you want to look at that right whereas it was there was a bigger gap in between ps3 and ps4 yes. for example right yes and i think people are now happier to have slightly quote-unquote inferior products to the point where it basically is unnoticeable that are also that are cheaper but also a lot easier to repair mm. slash make 
reuse of after the fact as well. Like, yeah. So although, for example, the M1 chip that you discussed there with, with the Apple stuff is a really like wonderful piece of kit in terms of design, it doesn't allow itself to be repaired easily. Mm. I think more individuals and a, a larger market of people are probably going to be more accepting of slightly weaker devices that are both repairable mm. and cheaper too. Because yeah. as long as it does the task that they want them to do in the first place, they don't really care. Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I... In my opinion, I don't really think that there is a, a big market for companies like Fairphone and Framework. I think that they are very, very niche. Mm. Like like this focus on repair, consumer repairable, long-lasting products. Like, I think I admire it, right? Like, yeah. And, I, and, yeah, I was, yeah. and to be honest, I, you know, I, I looked at it quite seriously. Like Fairphone launched a new phone, um, like not that long ago, relatively speaking at the time of recording. And I was like, you know, this, yes, this is so extreme. I don't believe this strongly in right to repair, but I was like, I kind of would, it would be nice to vote with my wallet about this yes, and like yeah. signify, signal my interest in this trend, even if I don't necessarily believe that it needs to be focused on quite so heavily as, as someone like mm. Fairphone. But mm. like the reality was, was that the newest Fairphone, which came out, you know, this year, 2022, uh, is on par with, performance-wise, if, if not slightly worse, than my current phone from 2019. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and this is a trade-off. That the reality is, is that consumer repairable, specifically consumer repairable, means that you will have to make trade-offs versus very complicated, sophisticated, yes. integrated tech. Yeah. Because you will have to make space for little screws and you can't glue yeah. things and things need to be less integrated so that an individual component can be repaired, you know, or replaced or upgraded and like to your point about like the design trends that that hamper repairability are going away a little bit in the sense that like fair phone and framework like their phones are slightly thicker slightly heavier slightly yeah. you know, or, or their laptops are slightly thicker slightly heavier and people are okay with that because yeah, i yeah. think that that trend that race for the thinnest phone the lightest phone the lightest laptop yeah. has sort of gone away a little bit you know like people i think companies have realized that people don't really care about that and have yeah, got a little it's becoming bit less of a problem and it's like it's just it's just you know it was a marketing it was a good marketing mm, thing to yes, use you exactly. could say this phone is 10% thinner than the last phone. And it's like, wow, 10% thinner. That's amazing. And, you know, people are like, wait, actually, we don't, we don't really care. Do we? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> and interestingly enough, like one of the things that now companies can replace that level of marketing with is the markability of our phones are environmentally friendly. hundred percent. Right? Exactly. Now it's actually trendy for your phone to have a, you know, 30% of this phone is a refurbished model and all the packaging is recycled and, you know, comes from recycled paper. And for example, Apple, again, sorry, Apple, not including a charger in your device. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can look as conspiratorial as that if you want so that you yeah. have to buy another really <laughs> expensive charger. And there is some truth to that. But yeah, but at the same time, like you probably do already have a charger considering mm. the fact that they have like their own bespoke charges that you know or you could even buy a third party uh, charger which is going to yeah. cost you less if you need one and yeah so that's now becoming that replacement element of things so over time i feel like they're going to ramp up this like focus on the environmental elements of things because that's the easy one right like 
we can, we can go on about like the right to repair. Like we should have the right as, as consumers to be able to repair our devices and people want to be able to make sure they have their device for a long period of time. But the thing that everyone can get behind and it is very much like the hot zeitgeisty thing right mm-hmm. now is the environment and the impact we have on our environment around us and what we buy and etc. So if you can market that to people as well, as cynical as that is, it's going to be a, a powerful tool to get people to buy your product over other people's products. Exactly. You're 100% right. I think we are now, we have reached this point where we are now educated enough to understand generally speaking people are educated enough to understand that like tech uses lots of non-renewable materials Mm. um you know it's it disposable like throwing away stuff is bad for the environment like and it's it seems a little bit weird to me to, to be saying that we're only now in the last couple of years coming to that conclusion but i think we did have like a bit of a golden age where people didn't really care about you know how how where was their lithium coming from you know like well that's part of it as well like it's not just a simple case of like the the non-renewable elements of mm. the phone being manufactured but it's also like the actual raw components yeah in terms of there is a finite amount of this stuff on the planet as a whole, right? And getting a hold of it is incredibly damaging to both the Mm. environment, but also like the populace of people that have to do it. Mm. We were discussing this in the notes beforehand, but like the majority of the world's cobalt supply and cobalt being a very important element in battery technology comes from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which has like one of the lowest human index scores Mm. in the whole world. You know, people live in below abject poverty, you know, Mm. like it's atrocious. And you can imagine like we are fueling that by wanting and demanding effectively cheap, basically disposable tech. Well, tech shouldn't be cheap and disposable. Tech is expensive. Tech Mm. should be complicated, but it also should be respected as well. Like, and we're starting to get there now. Mm. Yeah, and I think you, you're absolutely right. Like, not only is it like environment, sustainability, and ethics, like these things all together are kind of like the 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 movement there. The movement is driven somewhat by the generation under us, who are yeah. a more like ethically minded uh, generation than frankly we were, and definitely our, our like our parents' generation. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. much more aware of, 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 much more sort of globally aware of 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 kind of what's going on and things like that and like again like you said like it's it's a bit cynical but like there's a marketing opportunity there sure right? yeah and, there's a, and, and, and i'm and happy to be marketed to for it if it just means that the, the planet gets less crappy <laughs> yeah i don't think it's a bad thing like i'm like that's great that's a good alignment there's a good alignment there of like yeah. marketing ethics and also saving the world and if that means that you know, instead of being told that, that my new phone is the is the thinnest, the, the thinnest than ever, tell me that my new phone is the most sustainable ever and yes, it's the most yeah, repairable yeah. ever. Like or that the is person now something, that, got, that made this phone is being paid a fair yeah, wage. Like that is now, you know, and I think frankly that there's legit, we haven't really talked about it and, and, and I don't really want to go into it in too much detail, mainly because I'm not authoritative on it. But like there is also like legislation that is like enforcing some of this as well but i think more than anything else just the general populace like the general sort of like you said like zeitgeist being sustainability and and ethics and that kind of thing more than anything else that is driving this large bit like large businesses to move more in this direction more than Mm -hmm. anything else which is great that's great news um that we're you know getting through to large companies <laughs> it's it's also worked out nicely in a sense that like 
people are going to have to start accepting the fact that tech is no longer cheap anymore, right? Mm. Because this is something that we've talked about kind of separately, but mm. it, it does go hand in hand with this discussion in that we're we're now away from the time where like tech is cheap, not just mm. like phones or laptops, but I'm talking like tech, like the components that make up those things, like mm. the processors and the the RAM and the all et cetera, et cetera, the circuitry within it. That stuff is now just becoming expensive and it's probably just going to be expensive for here on out, right? Mm. So we need to expect to pay more for these devices, which is going to encourage people to want to have their devices last longer. Like yeah. the more you pay for a device, the more you're going to expect from it. And yeah. That can then be used to the advantage of the manufacturers as well, because then rather than your device being, like you say, 10% thinner or the thinnest phone, you can have the phone that lasts the longest. And then, yeah, you're not going to sell as many products in immediately succession, but you're going to have the business of that person for a longer period of time. You know, like brand mm. loyalty becomes more of a tangible asset to these companies rather than just selling whatever the hottest new phone is again. A hundred percent. And I think that kind of segues us very nicely into fundamentally what i what 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 i think or i guess we think octal fm hot take um is like i think not looking at repairability as a sort of factor in how you kind of deal with products and things you know how you market and design and build and release and 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 support products if it's not one of your focuses as an organization then you are taking the short term view you're yeah, looking 100%. at what is how how can I get more money out of this customer in the next six months, yeah. right? How can I get more money out of them in the next maybe 12 months, right? You are not looking at that long-term, the, the harder to quantify stuff around, you know, if your product lasts longer and can be repaired. And, you know, that is a better experience for an individual. If they, you know, they are going to be more loyal, they are going to come back to you because they know mm. that the things that you make will last them and can be yeah. repurposed in different ways and things like that and that is fundamentally worth i think anyway yeah. you know not that i am apple but like it, it it's it's worth more and you know and that's not even talking about the long longer term view of the fact that you know if you're not if you're ruining the environment less then then customers will be extinct you know, further in the future <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah like and that also ties into the fact that it's a, it's a point we skipped over but the market is growing, right? Mm, like for yeah. the, traditionally these companies, the market primarily was, you know, the Western middle class, mm. but that's becoming less so the case. And the market is becoming sort of wider spread. Like mm. in the more economically developing countries, I'm thinking places like, for example, uh, South America and mm. for example, the Middle East and in places like India, where mm. the customer base is now just exponentially exploding mm. you know the because these people are starting to have more expendable income where they can do, they buy what you could otherwise consider relatively luxury devices like mm. they're, they're not like essential purchases and if you don't have the planet to sell the, the you know these people to sell to in the first place then you're not going to be able to reap those rewards so yeah. there needs to be an element of sustainability to be able to meet a growing demand for these products and mm. like you say if you're just going to focus on selling these products for six months 12 months to the same audience that you've always had then in the long term you are absolutely shooting yourself in the foot yeah exactly and so i think that it is I don't think that like Fairphone and Framework are the answer. Like I don't no. think that like every device is repairable with a screwdriver and you know no. and, a, and a and a and a Pritt stick. 
but but I think that's giving people more options, having things last longer, you know, just just doing things that are just a little bit more long term view, a little bit more of a focus on that. I think does make sense and will sell more products for businesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And another part of that long term view as well is that expanding the the ecosystem to incorporate more modifications of devices, more repairing by third parties, more third party innovation, like that is also fostering and encouraging growth and and broadening mm. the market, you know, like, like as a sort of very, very hypothetical example, if you are a car manufacturer and you make your batteries easy to, you know, repurpose, you are potentially encouraging an entire uh, business model around, you know, companies that will build things that can repurpose those batteries. And yeah. like, there's like, a, there's a whole economy there, of, yeah. you know, that, that, that can, that can spring up and that will benefit you as a company because you will benefit from the innovation in that you will yeah. benefit from the expanded market. You will benefit from, you know, the goodwill of the fact that that's mm -hmm. something that you do, you know, there's just so many opportunities there for to grow your business, yeah, to, to grow the business, to grow technology as a whole, to encourage innovation. You know, I think that the ability to repair, to modify, to tinker, you know, d does foster innovation. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. where some of these companies started, you know, yeah, like, 100%, like, yeah. like <laughs> back when it was old, easy. <laughs> the, the old computer companies, you know, tinkering yeah. with, you know, integrated chipsets and, and yeah, microprocessors like and stuff like this. Shelf, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Remember where you remember where you came from. <laughs> Pretty much. And lessons can be learned from the fr from the industry that has come and gone since then. Mm. You know, yes, gone are the days where anyone can bodge together a fix on a car, but that mm. doesn't necessarily mean the car shouldn't be fixable. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is, uh, you know... Quite, quite, quite a topical point. Uh, I think I don't think anything that we've said has been particularly controversial. I think it's no, sort I don't of, think you know, so. Uh, it's it's broadly speaking. All I kind think of the makes shift sense. was basically inevitable, right? Because mm. as you say, more as 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 the larger generation of people become uh, more conscious of the impact on the world and their environment, mm. but also on the impact of other people, sort of like you know, fair business practices in terms of like pay and competitive mm. natures and stuff like that. This was always going to have to be have to come just from pure pressure from consumers, but mm. it's good to see that it's starting to happen now, even in a relatively small form of, for example, Apple allowing repair of their devices by third-party individuals as long mm. as they do X and Y. It's a small step, but it is yeah. at least a step. Yeah, and we shouldn't we shouldn't roll our eyes too hard at large corporate making some steps in the right direction. You know, like it, they don't have to go all out immediately, right? No. It's like any movement in the right direction should definitely be welcomed and encouraged. But yeah, hopefully this has been interesting. Um, if you didn't know about this sort of movement uh, and you didn't realize that your devices are There's gonna, a lot more to it than what we've discussed. Yes. Um, you can really go on a very, very long, deep rabbit hole of mm. looking into this, looking into how it all started. There's huge groups of communities across the world who are sort of lobbying for this and are really, mm. really pushing for this. And it's because of their good work that this is starting to happen. You know, mm, I guarantee absolutely. you that this wouldn't just happen because companies wanted it to happen. It's only happening because of people who care about this kind of thing and yeah. pushing for it. So yeah, like we are very much just an introduction to this idea. So mm. if this is, if this is lit an interest in you and it's something that you feel quite passionate about, then there's a lot more you can do research on. Maybe we can leave some like 
I don't know, some links in the show notes or something yeah. to, to further reading. Yeah, absolutely. And if you found this interesting and you want us to talk more about any of this in, in more detail, whatever that may be, like like maybe going into a bit more detail about some of the products out there or going into more detail about like, you know, changing technology and things like batteries and stuff like that. Um, that sounds like a really boring topic, but it was certainly the only thing I could think of off the top of my head. I know what you're saying, though. Um, yeah, you know, for sure. Let us know if there's something that we've talked about that you'd like to hear more about um, and, and we can cover it. Um, you can send us an email, show at octal.fm, or send us a tweet at octal.fm on Twitter or a Facebook. A Facebook? A Facebook post? A Facebook.com post on our Facebook wall. Ha <laughs> um, Facebook.com forward slash Octal.fm. But one thing you can always count on listeners is that you will never need to repair our episodes. They will always be perfect and yeah. timeless forever. Exactly. So we're immune to this discussion. <laughs> and, and you know, they're, they're, they're available in uh, MP3 format. So if you've got, you know, your, your ancient repairable... Zune. Uh, yeah, Z- I don't know if Zunes were repairable. Probably not. <laughs> I think you need to be <laughs> a little bit not, older no. than that. At the time of recording, Apple have just finally discontinued the last iPod products, um, which I, is kind of um, interesting. That's crazy. But yes, you know, we, we will work on all of your old repaired products um, forevermore. But uh, yeah, until, until next time, I've been Gelada. And I've been Sephron. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. <laughs>